Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. We won't go through the history, but uh, I don't need to prove it because I was definitely a nerd in high school. And so that's why it's transferred here to be able to take notes on the show and know that I like I that you do this have, to take notes. You know, the, <laughs> it's like, Dave Gettleman. Yes, it's, yes. It is, it is the the Dave Gettleman. That's um, but I right. did learn that I should have played right. Rogers, you're with me. She's not, no, it's just our thing. Okay, all right. I was cool right, in enough. high school, I yeah, guess. We go. have figured this out on the show. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. I don't know how cool she was in high school. I'll just tell you this much. She was definitely cooler than me. There's a, Gettle, there's a gif of Gettleman at the press conference making fun of the analytics nerds. That's what you were trying to I'm do. I'm really glad the, like, right. that I'm related to Dave Gettleman like that. But I was 100%. thinking about that, that uh, the monkey that's typing away right. gif. Also Gosh. a good gif. Okay, so it is, uh, it is noon on a Wednesday on Peacock, but it is, of course, 5 o'clock somewhere. Jake Croucher back in the house. Julie Stewart-Binks back with us. I, of course, am merely Matthew Berry. And a beer pong champion. Yes, you have to explain the shirts. Well, shout out, shout out to my guy John Mendez. Like you don't get the shirt unless you're actually a beer chump. Me and John Mendez are the beer pong champions two years in a row of our neighborhood that we live in together. And so you know, <laughs> of like, our neighborhood, I should say, of our neighborhood. <laughs> well, whatever. It's a big neighborhood. And we took on all comers for two years in a row. This is a true story. Uh, my kids, who are seniors in college said, oh, well, we can, you know, and I was like, okay, fine, me and John Mendez, we're both, you know, we're older guys, and we're like, fine, we'll take on you punks. We crushed them twice, and I said to my kid, I said, I want my money back. Like, how did you go to college and lose to an old man of beer pong? You just spent four years in college. You, you had more experience, though. Right? I'm just, I, it's, you know what it is? A lot of people use the wrist, and oh, it's the no. elbow. Here we go. It's Tech-tech. the elbow. That's I the key. I can't do beer pong. Don't use the wrist. People try to do the wrist, and that, it, the elbow is the key. Are you more like a Dirk Nowitzki high up, or oh. more like a Kobe line drive? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like... A little more Dirk. Okay, a little, a little more, more Dirk. A little yeah. more Dirk. And honestly, honestly, it's a, it's a little Raleigh fingers, too, because if you spin it, I'm just, whatever. Well, it's a, I, it's whatever. Look, I'm wearing strategy. a t-shirt, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Croucher, you probably have to do beer punk backwards from Australia. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah, it goes around the other way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's some great strategy there. So I get the yips doing beer pong, so, you know, I'm going to write that one down in my <laughs> right. notes on what to do. The yips. Before the show, Julie Stewart-Binks told me she plays wine pong. <laughs> I did. I've played wine pong before. Don't remember all of it, but uh, it was quite the experience. Right. Did, I, did you win? Oh, you just don't remember. Actually, no, no. Uh, yes, I, I played against uh, uh, former NHLer Ryan Kessler. It, it, it was like a big thing. We filmed it. Never made air, obviously, because it was wine pong. But it was. Uh, I don't. I don't recommend it. Don't recommend it. But right. we do it have sounds a great. Like, it sounds like I recommend. That <laughs> yeah. sounds like recommend. I, that sounds like the strongest recommended. Yeah. Yes, like if you, if, if you, if you and a former NHL player got so hammered at wine pong that you literally couldn't air the piece, 
To me, yes. that's the greatest endorsement of wine pong I've ever heard. Yeah, wine pong is very good. strange because you're not like sculling the wine. It's like you're kind of you're throwing the ball, but then you're also you're like kind of tasting the wine, like oh oak finish. Oh, and yeah, then no, you're putting no, it you back. It doesn't really jive like with a, the. It's like this. It's like playing yes. wine, beer pong with a big glass of water like yeah. that. Uh, okay, so let's get to some great stuff here on our show Wednesday. We have a special for the Roto World headlines, and I'm gonna read them to you, and you're gonna tell me if you're gonna drink. To this headline, because we are obviously a happy, a happy hour, hour here. Right. So whether I'll drink to this or not, yes. got it. So if, if you agree with this headline, then you're drinking with it. So Matthew, begin with Damian Harris goes out with a hamstring injury against the Lions. Now being reportedly set to miss multiple games. Ramondre Stevenson being a top 10 running back while Harris is out. Do you drink to that? I will drink to that. I will absolutely drink to that. It is Ramondre Stevenson's season. Look, Ramondre Stevenson, when he's gotten an opportunity, has been nothing short of terrific. Six career games where he's gotten 15 or more touches, JSB. He's averaged, he's had over 100 yards in four of them. He's averaging 16.1 fantasy points per game here. Um, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is that so far this season, he's been on the field for basically 60% of the Patriots' snaps. You see the numbers there on your screen about what he did against the Lions 175 total yards on 27 touches. You think about this matchup coming up with the Cleveland Browns, who have allowed the fourth most rushing yards to running backs yeah. this season, the second most rushing touchdowns. They give up the second highest yards per carry allowed to the position, the second most yards after contact, and no Damian Harris, no Ty Montgomery, like no one there. I mean, it is going to be all Ramondre all the time, especially given that you've got an experienced quarterback. We expect Bailey Zappley to get the start once again. So, yes, Ramondre Stevenson, he will make the love list this week. He is going to be a top-10 running back, and he will continue to be as long as Damian Harris is out. Here are the Patriots' next five games. At Cleveland, Chicago, at the Jets, Indy, which is a tough run defense, but it's still game script should be fine, and then the Jets again. So I think the question is not top-10. Like I think the question is top-5 because, there, I mean, wow, guys like schedule. there's – Eckler, Barkley, Jacobs, Chubb, McCaffrey. Like, I think he should be in that mix just because they are so run-heavy, the Patriots. Even when Mac Jones comes back, they're a great run-blocking team, and now there's no competition. He has a real chance to be a top-five running back the next five. And what's nice is he doesn't need to come off the field. He's a nice pass catcher as well, so he's a true three-down back. He is quickly becoming a bar star for the New England Patriots to bring it back to the happy hour. We have Steelers coach Mike Tomlin saying that Jalen Warren's role will continue to grow. So Najee Harris fantasy managers, should they be worried about Jalen Warren? Jay, are you going to drink to that? Not really drinking to it. I don't really buy the Jalen Warren thing. Like, coaches say things. Remember when Frank yeah. Reich was talking about <laughs> Naheem Hines preseason, getting really involved in the running game, yeah. and then he had eight rushing attempts in the first four games. They were still just you know, driving Jonathan Taylor right. into the wall. By the way, there's nothing Frank Reich said that, that has come true this <laughs> yes, year. Exactly. Yeah, not yet, a thing. And yet somehow they're still kind of right there in the division because the division is so bad. Uh, no, I think, look, Najee Harris, he's still getting 14 carries per game. Uh, I think generally it's a good rule to, to just throw out 38 to 3 losses in terms of their predictive power of usage going forward so yeah like the snaps that's a little bit concerning at the same time they're down 38 to 3 so I wouldn't be that worried about Najee Harris I don't think he's an automatic start in terms of your two running back slots he's still going to be a flex guy though at worst I think so uh, I'm not Steelers too worried. offense in general though yeah, a tire fire like an old <laughs> bottle of Chardonnay in your fridge I yeah. don't think you're going back to it <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. wow. You haven't seen yeah. me alone on a Wednesday night. <laughs> uh, was, uh, but what I would say to you, JSP. Five Wednesdays. <laughs> and the exactly, Barry Hall. That's right, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, listen, it's love-hate night, writing night. You know, it's just a lot of, uh, like, uh, I got to get to the pass catchers. Uh, glug, glug. All right, but what I'm going to say here, Jay Croucher, very simply is this. Okay, I am agreeing with you. I'm not drinking to the idea that Jalen Warren is suddenly a concern to Najee Harris's playing mm. time. You should be concerned if you are a manager of Najee Harris. Under four rushing yards per game in four to five games so far this season. He's had only four targets the last two games. He's just been bad. Yep. But I don't think that he's going to suddenly lose his job because Jalen Warren is some amazing prospect. Remember, this is a guy who very recently they used a first-round pick. And for the Steelers to use a first-round pick on a running back. By the way, the same regime that's there now. I mean, Mike Tomlin in the front office, it's all the same people. So I don't... I think there is concern, legitimate concern on Najee Harris, but I don't think that concern comes from Jalen Warren. And just merely, like, the offense, to your point, is bad, and it's a tough schedule coming up. They've got the Buccaneers this week, then Miami, then the Eagles, then the Saints. Those are four really good run defenses coming up. That's the concern. I think, yeah. you know, coming into the season, Najee Harris was a top-ten pick across the board, and now he's more in the neighborhood of, like, a Travis Etienne. He's in that world where right. he's not going to be the guy who's competing with, with Saquon, with Chubb, with those types. So he's that's a, a tough Touchdown-dependent flex. Yeah. Like you're hoping he falls into the end zone, yeah. which is not great yeah, given what you spent on yeah, him. Though. If you're uh, hoping that happens, things are in trouble. Um, we saw this guy. You don't really necessarily like him, but for a different reason. Taysom Hill to remain huge part of the Saints' run game. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, Matthew, are you drinking to the fact that Taysom can keep putting up fantasy points despite such sporadic playing time? I will, much like, much like you're at the bar and it's closing and you're like, I should go home, but F it, I'll have one more. Ah. That's, I'll, I will drink to that begrudgingly, but I will drink to the fact that Taysom Hill, annoying Taysom Hill, stupid Taysom Hill will continue to (laughs) vulture opportunities from uh, whoever the quarterback of the Saints is, from Alvin Kamara, from everyone. From everyone except Juwan Johnson or Adam Trotman, right? You know, like, he's vulturing from every position other than tight end, which is where he actually qualifies, which is sort of insane here. But the, the, the concern on him is, is that, like, as you see it here on your screen in terms of his snaps by position, he's played 16 snaps so far this year at tight end, but 24 at quarterback and just an 11, only five less at wide receiver. If you combine running back and wide receiver, it's 17 snaps more than he's played at tight end. 44 snaps on special teams. The usage isn't there. That's the thing. Obviously, coming up the four-touchdown game, it's just a massive game for him. I don't think you can expect that. He is touchdown dependent. Honestly, if you take all the touchdowns away, he's basically tight end 24 on the season. He's basically Kyle Pitts, who also doesn't have any touchdowns. Right. I mean, right. But having said all that, he qualifies as a tight end, and he's basically a touchdown dependent tight end because when he does score, then, you know, like, like, again, you're not expecting four touchdowns every game. But, like, when he scores, like, he's, he's a usable tight end. And when you think about it from that context, that after you get past the Kelseys and the Andrews of the world, right, you know, like, there's not a long list of guys that you feel good about starting every week. Most tight ends in fantasy are basically touchdown dependent. Right. So you're like, okay, so if I'm looking, if I'm sifting through all the touchdown dependent tight ends, here's a guy that's going to get one or two carries inside the 10. Like, you prefer that than, you know, whatever, Tyler Conklin being the fourth option for Zach Wilson. So I just, when you think about him from the perspective of touchdown dependent tight end, yes, I will drink to the idea that Taysom Hill will continue to be useful in fantasy as long as you put him in the proper context, which is he's, he's somewhere in that, you know, 
8 to 14 range of tight end that you're hoping he hits pay dirt. Yep. I think that to meet Taysom Hill, it's like Aaron Judge last fortnight of the baseball season, where it's just like swing for the fences or bust. Like, you just have right. to get oh, that I love touchdown. That you said Fortnite. Yeah. yeah. Do we not say Fortnite in America? Okay. Yeah. We do now. <laughs> All right, we do now. Yeah. yeah. Good matches on the weekend yeah. in the NFL. Right. Uh, I thought you were talking about the video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you mentioned Aaron Judge on the last two weeks, and I'm yeah. just like, like people, are, are we really going to have to cut in for, like, you know, Taysom like, Hill? Yeah. Like, cut in for Taysom Hill. I'm Go watching something I like, and now we're cutting in to yeah. see Taysom Hill? Like, yeah. you'd already ruined it with Aaron Judge. Like, what are we doing here? I think, uh, like, if you're me and you drafted Cole Komet and Albert O as your tight ends late in the league, oh, then you're getting, no. you're, getting, uh, you're getting Taysom Hill and you're happy with it. But right. yeah, outside of that, you can't be too And just uh, like an overall question Taysom. for both you guys very quickly. Mm-hmm. So for everyone else out there that might have a, a, a tight end that isn't one of the top guys, I mean, he's sort of in the middle, but like a Gerald Everett. And you see Taysom Hill is available. How do you feel about maybe dropping Everett and then it, getting... It's a case-by-case case basis, but I would prefer, in that particular case, Gerald Everett. Yep. Like, I think Gerald Everett is, you know, borderline tight end one. Like, I know he didn't have a great game but last week, but I, I still believe in, like, uh, Gerald Everett. There's a couple of guys like that that I'm, uh, that I'm in on after you get past, you know, the Andrews and Kelseys of the world, right? So, uh, so yeah, and I mean, hopefully Dalton Schultz comes back. Like, he's in that mix. I think Hawkinson's in that mix. But if you're sifting around, if you're in the Will Disley era, you yeah. know, area, like if you're in that, in the Herb Smith area. It's a dangerous area, neighborhood. Right. If High you're, crime. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's if not you're the, in that neighborhood. It's not the champion neighborhood. <laughs> no, no. Just saying. <laughs> the, the Listen, if, if you haven't won, you can't wear the T-shirt. That's it's all I'm saying. That's very true. That's very true. Okay, so Baker Mayfield uh, is expected to miss multiple games with a high ankle sprain that he suffered against the Niners. Enter P.J. Walker to take on the Rams. So, Jay, P.J. Walker will elevate D.J. Moore's fantasy stock more than Baker Mayfield has. Are you going to drink to that? First, I love that you said enter P.J. Walker. It's not quite enter Sandman, is it? Enter <laughs> P.J. Walker. XFL superstar, P.J. Walker. Yeah, I am drinking to this just because it's different than Baker Mayfield. I think we're at the point with the Panthers where anything different is good just because there's the upside that it might be better. I just felt bad for everyone on the Panthers. DJ Moore, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, the water boy. Like, it doesn't right, matter. Everyone, you're just feeling oh, bad yeah, about yeah. it. And now it's different. I do think that, like, DJ Moore did have 19 targets the past two weeks. McCaffrey's getting involved a bit more creatively. The first two weeks, they were treating him as Jonathan Taylor running inside the tackles. Like, now he's getting a bit more passing game work. So, I think it was trending in the right direction anyway. But, yeah, I think Baker was just so bad that now... and. You know, DJ Moore's shown that he can make it work with, with Sam Darnold, with uh, other quarterbacks who were not, you know, Patrick Mahomes. So I, uh, I am buying the fact that this is better for their value just because it's different. Yeah, can't get worse, right? Yep. Nowhere to yeah. go but down. He's wide receiver 47 on the season, DJ Moore. Like, I mean, that's bad. Oofa. Uh, having said that, I'm probably not starting him this week. I want to see. Let's see what it looks like. Right. Let's see what the P.J. Walker era looks like. By the so way, it's also changes. its new coaching, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, right, Matt Rule is, is going to be the first game without Matt Rule as head coach. Ben McAdoo is still going to be calling the plays, but I think maybe he can install more of his, his offense or what he wants to do without the influence of Rule, who is an offensive-minded coach. Uh, Steve Wilkes is going to be the interim head coach there as well. Worth noting that uh, when Walker like started last Giants. season – in a way. So like Little Giants? Which is like everyone's new, everyone's coming together, new coach, quarterback. You right. kind of see what happens. Right. Is that, is that the one where they have the, the, they have the, the neighborhood girl as the linebacker and like she icebox? Icebox. Icebox. That's, that's icebox. who I was in high school. You were icebox. icebox? Oh, yeah, big icebox. time. Icebox. I remember, and, and Icebox turns the season around, right? She's the best. Um, anyone loves, everyone loves Icebox. Anyway, Julie, it is worth noting 
that in the one game that PJ Walker started last season, we'll see if the Panthers can sign Icebox. Um, she's <laughs> probably, she's they probably should. Of age. They should. She's probably of age right now. But uh, anyway, in that one game that Walker started last season, DJ Moore four for twenty-four, ran thirty-two routes. Like didn't have a great game. I, I did not rank him this week. Yeah. I mean, again, he's wide receiver forty-seven on the season, and again, nowhere to go but up with PJ Walker. But against the Rams, you need to see it once, right? Yeah, you need to see the Rams it at least too once. Have been a bit. Of a dumpster fire. Lots of dumpster fires going on, but also lots of great parties to bring it back to the happy hour. Right. A couple of very quick headlines. Yes, right, right. Get in is, there. is that uh, it looks like Tyreek news coming out today just before we went on air is that it, it is trending in the right direction for Tyreek Hill to play this week. Not looking great for Teddy Bridgewater to a tongue of Iowa under center. Looks like it will be another week of Skylar Thompson. More on that next segment as well. Devontae Adams has been charged with a misdemeanor by the Chiefs Police Department. We will see. He's on a bye this week, but we will see if there's any disciplinary action from the NFL regarding that. All right. Thank you so much for those headline updates. We will have a whole lot more on Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, Jay Crowder, JSB here. Drinking and having fun. Water, that is. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help. They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Pride you taking the run game, doing what it did today. Uh, a lot of pride. Uh, I mean, I think you look at last week, and uh, I mean, we committed to it. It wasn't very efficient. Uh, you know, I think we ran it 30 times for 60 yards. So, I mean, I think it's a hell of a way for uh, just this offense to respond this week and, and, and flip that around. And I think what well, we had like 170 today on the ground, and, and we were able to control the game. And, uh, you know, we just got to keep getting better. Fantasy managers with Zeke Elliott on their roster might have been heading to that open bottle of Chardonnay the last couple of weeks because he has not been doing so great. But on the show, fantasy could football be worse. Ball, could be could be Najee Harris. It could be way worse. That is, that there's always a way to go down um, and up. But we here on the show, we have keep it open or close it out. So usually in a bar, that's what you do when you're drinking. But we're going to talk about starting I just, players. I like it. I like it when Julie like explains drinking <laughs> to our audience. Hello, drinking. This is from a very experienced point of view. Good day, drinking. From a very experienced. So, you're all right. So, if you go to the bar and you decide you don't want to drink anymore, you say, "I'm going to close it out." Right. Uh, I don't know what that means because no. I usually just keep it open, forget my credit card there, and have to go back the next day or cancel it altogether. Right. But. 
In terms of fantasy, we want to know if you are going to keep it open so you're going to keep starting these players. Close it out means you're going to... Not sorry. Right. So these are not start. players we are saying drop. These are nope. merely players. These, these are these are borderline start sit guys for this week that have and and Ezekiel Elliott is the perfect yes. example. Yes. Okay. Yep. So Matthew, let's start with Ezekiel Elliott. You know, despite high volume, Cowboys lack of rush efficiency hurting Zeke. Are you going to keep it open or close it out? I'm probably closing it out if I have a better option. Like I'm at running back 27 when she's a low end flex, and usually in a flex, assuming you're playing a PPR, you want a wide receiver there. He's playing the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And the Eagles have had such a good run defense. They've held opposing running backs to under 43 scrimmage yards a game. They're not involving Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game here. You know, Tony Pollard has the more explosive plays here. If there's a positive here, he's getting work. He's had 16 touches in four to five games this year. But my expectation here is that on the road at Philadelphia, just the Eagles' run defense is just too tough as well. You know, I think it's going to be a split between him and Pollard. Zeke has yet to play more than 67% of snaps in any game this year. He's not involved in the passing game here. And so, in a, basically in a committee against a tough run defense, I'm going to close it out on Zeke. Yeah, I think the thing is, is that the past four weeks with Cooper Rush, the Cowboys have been leading, like, the entirety of all those four games. So they've had game script go their way. That's why he's had 71 carries the past four weeks. You don't expect that as five-point underdogs to Philadelphia. And, look, there are going to be people out there who are lucky enough to have, say, Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, and Ramondre Stevenson on their roster, in which right. case, no-brainer, you're sitting Zeke. Yeah. I think he might be, yeah, if, there are, if you don't have any better options, then you feel okay about Zeke as a flex, but you're not feeling no, great about no, it. Jake, Jacobs on a bye this week, but your point is Sorry, well taken, is that, that you can, there are likely roster construction out there that you have, I mean, like, in, who knows, maybe Eno Benjamin starts this week. Like, there are other guys that you feel better about than Ezekiel Elliott going on Sunday night right here on NBC and Peacock. I'm a company man. It's pretty good to know that, though, because I feel like with Zeke, you always go back to him like your favorite bar, right? Like, you're just like, I'm going to go back even though it's old. It's no, None had, of my friends had, are still there. Right. I had a bad time. I, I made out with a waiter in a, in a yeah. closet once, and now I can't show my face, but whatever. And you're like, now, you know what? Yeah. I'm done. Like, I can't, I can't go back to that place now. No, yes. And guess but, what? He's going to go way, off. That's because based I'm on experience. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just letting you know. That's, this is just your, all just these me. analogies are just. Just you're just like here, beer pong me. champion in the neighborhood. Pretty much. Okay, so Jay, we have uh, AJ Dillon. Mm. Um, Packers offense. Do you think it's too inconsistent to support multiple fantasy viable running backs after what we've seen? Would you keep it open with AJ Dillon or you close it out? I'd keep it open. I'd rather start AJ Dillon than Ezekiel Elliott, honestly, just because of the matchup. And like last week in London was just weird. Like the Packers didn't have the ball the entire second half. I don't know what was happening. They just can't stop the run. And so it was just Saquon o'clock. And so I do think that uh, there is upside with AJ Dillon. The first four weeks of the season weren't nearly as bad. Uh, And I do think that, you know, as much as, you know, we love the Jets and there's all this good mojo around the Jets, they still are touching down underdogs to the Packers, so would expect a much kinder game script than A.J. Dillon to produce. Yeah, I'm, I am reluctantly keeping it open, Jay, as well. I agree with your statement that I would rather start him than Ezekiel Elliott. I have A.J. Dillon at 25 in my initial ranks, uh, you know, Zeke at 27, but that's still a flex play. I mean, look, there are absolutely concerns, right? I mean, four straight games he's had single-digit fantasy points here. He's not being used in the passing game we thought he would. He has just eight targets uh, since week two. eight targets total as well, 45 or less yards in three out of five games this year. Having said that, at least 14 touches in four out of five games. I'm agreeing with you that there is um, game script should be in his favor here. And this is just a 
throw out the stats, kind of a gut call deal. Yep. But, like, after losing to the Giants in London, I think the Packers come back and be like, all right, stop, like, stop, stop blanking around. Like, all right. But his, his snap usage has gone down each week. Though. Every single week. Which and, but, and, by the way, and the results haven't been there. So, my expectation is on a long flight back from London, Matt LaFleur probably, you know, put down his movie and said, all right, you know what? I'm going to focus on some plays here. Let me look at this. Let me actually look at oh, You know what? What Let we're doing isn't working. Yeah. Maybe we should get back to being a little bit more um, run heavy. It is crazy that the New York Jets, they're only seven-point underdogs in Green Bay. Like before the season, yeah. we'd expected that by this time would be like 13 points or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's seven. I think seven is the right line because the Jets have been frisky. Uh, just a quick one. Robert Saleh is 50-1 to 1 to win Coach of the Year. That makes no sense to me. Like, they are, they're 3-2. and two. They have an right. outside chance to make the is playoffs. It? The New York element is huge. 50-1 to is too big. Right, and he's a likable guy. Very People likable. like him. He's really like, you know, likeable. he's energetic. He's, all he's, the he's, New York coaches right. are likable. Yeah. Exactly. Like he's, he's, a, he, he's, he's got all sorts player. of energy. Yeah. You know, he's when bald. He's on People love bald guys. <laughs> yeah, it's all... Bald guy. See, yeah, bald guy. Did you guys see People Magazine named Vin Diesel the sexiest bald man alive yeah, yesterday? I, I'm just like, how many times do I got to get screwed here? <laughs> how many times? <laughs> Vin Diesel's like oh, different. Like his, he's, How's he different, Julie? Because you have more hair than him. There you go. That's a nice save. That's right. I, am, I, I do say this. I'm not bald. I'm balding. And I think there's an important distinction there. There's an ing there. Yes. There's an ing there. I'm on my way. We'll get yes. you there. I'm believing. Whatever you whatever the, the first Fast and the Furious came out, Vin Diesel was robbed at the Academy Awards. That's One of the all-time oh, yes. great performances. There's no, no okay, question um, about it. Speaking wow. of uh, performances, at least. Wow. Upset that Jay Crutcher did not ruin any of the Fast and the <laughs> yeah. Furious movies right there. I don't ruin uh, classics. Right. Devin Singletary, uh, last two games, he's only had 91 rushing yards, um, 51 receiving yards, 17.2 points. Uh, Matthew, too hard to start Singletary without the touchdown commodity. Do you keep that open or close it? I'm keeping it open. I actually am as a top 20 play this week. I'm at running back 19. Here's the thing on Devin Singletary, and shout out to my friend Dwayne McFarland, who is the guy that sort of pointed this out. But the fact of the matter is, is that in games in which the Bills are competitive, he gets a mm-hmm. ton of work, right? You think about the Dolphins game. You think about the Ravens game. 33 total touches, 187 yards from scrimmage, and a touchdown. Those are all games in which... Uh, he was playing, you know, they were either trailing or there was, it was a tight game. He played 76% of the team snaps. You think about the games against the Rams, the, the, the Titans, the Steelers, all those games where the Bills just blew him out. Well, whatever. 25 total touches over those three games. The fact of the matter is, is that he had 50, fewer than 50 rushing yards in those games. Like he just, like when they blowing out, hey, let's give Zach Moss and James Cook some run. But in competitive games, that's who they trust, and they lean on Devin Singletary. They're playing the Chiefs this week. My expectation, obviously, is that is a competitive game. I think Singletary gets a lot of run in a high-scoring game. I'm in on Devin Singletary. Keep it open. Top 20 play for me today. Okay, let's move on to Christian Kirk. At Indy this week, he's he was brutal last week, but um, he has been decent in weeks before. Yeah. Uh, Jay, what's happened with the Jags' passing game? Do you do you keep it open with Christian Kirk? Or do you close it? I'm almost gonna have to close it out of my swaggy walls altogether if they lose oh, to the wow. Colts. It's not great. Yeah, I'm you're still, not a real I fan. You're I not believe. a real fan the way I am. You Very haven't been weapon. like I'm, yeah. yeah, look at <laughs> like you. You're a real, yeah, I'm a real Jaguars <laughs> fan. Like I don't know, you're bailing yeah. after two tough games. Yeah. Well, we'll see how you're feeling if they're two and four. They're two point underdogs to the Colts. I just think 
honestly, I would still keep it open with Christian Kirk, still start a game. He had a great game against the Colts in week two. And I think this is just wide receiver variance. Like, unless you're Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs, like, there are games where, you know, Mike Williams just has one reception. Christian Kirk just does nothing. Like, I think you just have to ride it out with Christian Kirk. Uh, not too scared about that Indianapolis defense, particularly against a guy who's going to be in the slot a bit. So I would keep it open with Christian Kirk. You think about this game in week two against the Colts, six for 78 and two yards. You can throw against the slot against the Indianapolis Colts. I'm in on uh, Christian Kirk. He's wide receiver right. 18 for me this week. Might just be a little blip. Uh, see if they can write the ship. Okay, Drake London for Atlanta. Uh, last two games, zero touchdowns, 11.2 point fantasy points. Um, Matthew, has the Falcons' lack of passing volume officially become a concern for Drake London, would you for anyone open or for America? For America, for America, for, <laughs> yeah. for, America, for, for I want to <laughs> shout out to my buddy Danny Kelly, who just had a great tweet. There was a, a tweet about Arthur Smith talking about how great a player Debo Samuel is, and and uh, <laughs> he was like, he was just in a, you know what an amazing player. And so Danny quote tweeted and said like, yes, and if he was on my team, I would play him about fifty five percent of the snaps. Yeah. Just a great tweet by Danny. And he would just be a running back. He would just be a running back. He would never run He would never write exactly. I mean, just I don't understand. I don't understand anything about Arthur Smith and his offensive claims. But I mean, you think about this again, like uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. Olam- Olam- I think that's how I say it. I think it. you did it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he had more receiving yards than Drake London. Uh, I mean, like. What are we doing? K- yeah. Kaderil Hodge, only two less targets. We know Arthur Smith has a fascination with Kaderil Hodge here. I'm as a wide receiver three, wide receiver 27. The positives are he's gotten at least seven targets in every game this year, but under 55 receiving yards each of the last two weeks as well. We thought without Cal Pitts that at least there would be a total funnel there, and it's not. Tough defense against San Francisco as well. This is a, um, this is a very good defense. I think he's a risky wide receiver three. Yep, I agree. And I think that if you have Drake London, if you have Kyle Pitts, what you need is you need you need the Falcons to lose a game by 30, which we expected would happen because right now the Falcons are the only team who have covered all five games. Like, they're staying close in all these games, so it's empowering the Arthur Smithness to really take hold because yeah. he just wants to run the ball for eternity, and he's been allowed to, and they've been efficient doing it, which just kills you. Yeah. Uh, so I think you need, you need a blowout. You need Nick Bosa back on the field with six sacks of Marcus yeah, Mariota. You need chaos in Atlanta. Yeah, it's, they've been annoyingly competent. Yes. Okay, we got to move on to uh, Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh. Uh, last two games, zero touchdowns, 15.2 points. Getting a ton of targets, but no touchdowns. So, Matthew, or who did I go to? Jay, sorry. Um, sorry, what are your guys' names again? Um, with the Steelers. Huh. She's, a sh- she's half a Chardonnay in. Oh, wow. With this, okay, so with the Steelers' defense being what it is, we already talked about it with Najee Harris, but um, can Kenny Pickett actually keep the Steelers' offense fantasy relevant? I think so, particularly with Deontay Johnson. Not just keeping it open with him, I'd order another round of shots for the whole bar. I just think right. Deontay Johnson is the guy. Uh, he had 13 targets last week. He's had... Four out of the five games with double-digit targets. He's the most talented receiver on that team. And we've seen now, across a million quarterbacks in Pittsburgh, he's just the guy every single time. George Pickens, that's great. Uh, obviously, he likes the more touchdowns out of Deontay Johnson. 50 targets, no touchdowns. Uh, but I still think that he is clearly the guy there, and he's going to be very fantasy-relevant the rest of the way. 
Yeah, he's the only wide receiver in the NFL to have 50 or more targets and zero touchdowns. That's just incredibly unlucky, and that's going to change as you see it on there in the screen. He's on the same list of guys like Dig and Hill and Lamb and Jefferson and Hollywood and Devontae. And so, I, yes, to me, uh, I'm still in, and I would actually try to buy low Absolutely. on Deontay Johnson, absolutely keeping it open as well. Tough matchup this week against Tampa Bay, but they move him around enough. He'll be fine. Okay. I'm as a borderline top 20 play this week. We got to get on to Jalen Waddle. We know that this was big news that you mentioned earlier today, but um, the fact that Tua is um, returning to practice, yeah. unlikely to play on Sunday. Teddy Bridgewater expected to back up Skylar Thompson if he's active for a game. Tyree Kill was wearing a walking boot after the Jets game, optimistic about playing versus the Vikings. Matthew, can Waddle be started with Skylar Thompson under center? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm at wide receiver 15, so I'm keeping it open on Jalen Waddle. You think about the last two games, two really weird games, right? Obviously, last week, last week, obviously, you have the, you know, you have Teddy Bridgewater go out in the first play, and then you have a seventh, you know, seventh round rookie guy who's never taken a snap all of a sudden under center. And then the previous week is the short week on the road at Cincinnati, just three days, and the Tua injury. I just, I think two weird games. Jalen Waddle's too talented. Uh, for him not to be in your fantasy lineup. So I'm keeping it open on Jalen Waddle. I'm, I'm not worried about him. I am as well. This Minnesota defense is not good. They semi-revive Justin Fields, of all people. So I think that Waddle and Hill can both be fantasy relevant, even if it is Skylar Thompson. Right. We'll have to see. It'll be exciting. We have so much more to come here on Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, including a sit-down with someone special. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll have all that more when we return. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. I need more Matthew Berry in my life. That's what I'm sure you're saying. And well, if you do, you can obviously get this show on demand, clips and full episodes, both on Peacock and the new NFL on NBC YouTube channel. And you can obviously listen to it or download it. I don't even care if you listen. Just download it, like it, subscribe, please, on all major podcast platforms. We're really trying to get that up. Listen to it live, Channel 85, Sirius XM Radio at noon Eastern every single day. And you can read my love, hate, or get my rankings at NBCSportsEdge.com slash Barry or, of course, at RotorWorld.com. Finally, follow me on the social media. Uh, I am at Matthew Barry TMR on all forms of social media except the Fantasy Life app where I'm merely at Matthew Barry. Now, uh, I just want to say, so we have got an interview here, guys. And, you know, I'm always surprised at who checks out my content, who goes to all the places we just said. And apparently one of the people on that list is Mr. Second Gentleman, Doug Emhoff, married to the Vice President of the United States. And the White House reached out and said he wants to talk fantasy football. And I have to tell you, that I don't care who's in the White House, I don't care what you feel politically, if somebody in the White House wants to talk about fantasy football, we're in at the happy hour. There's no question about that as well. So we taped an interview last week, and as you'll see here, he's a hardcore player. It was a fun interview. I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, and so uh, without further ado, here is my sit-down with, uh, you know, the second most powerful spouse in America. Take it away. It is not often. I've been doing fantasy football a long time, and I've seen a lot of things, but I've never seen uh, a request from the White House saying, like, hey, somebody wants to talk about fantasy football, but that is what happened as uh, Doug Emhoff, Mr. Second Gentleman, uh, is joining us here on the happy hour to talk about 
his 30-year fantasy football team. I was amazed to find out you've been playing for three decades. So, uh, Mr. Second Gentleman, first off, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And secondly, tell me a little bit about this league. Who's in this league that's been in a league with you for 30 <laughs> years? Hey, Matthew. So great to be here. It's a real honor. Um, so this league actually started in 1989, believe it. Uh, it was uh, stemmed out of uh, my law school classmates and some guys from my first law firm. And so we each had our own league and we merged it, I think, probably in 90 or 91. So we've been together all these years. It's pretty much the same owners the entire time and we've taken the whole ride from somebody had a look in the paper uh on monday or tuesday and do the stats to a to a stat service where we get faxed the information and then finally we were able to go online about you know 10 or 12 years ago the league has been going on so long that now my son has uh, who's now 28 has been my partner for seven or eight years some of the other owners have their uh now teenager 20 plus year old sons involved so it's just been great to be able to do this over the years. The The amount of smack talk is epic. And now that I'm in this position, they don't care. I mean, it's still the same amount of abuse uh, that you would you'd get in a normal fantasy league. Uh, and now I'm, my team is just out there for everyone to see. All right, so hang on. So I have lots of questions about this. So first off, like, let's nerd out for one second. Like, how many teams are in the league? Are, are you guys PPR? Like, you know, t- the scoring, just yeah. real quickly, what, like, let's nerd out and just talk about what the, what the league specifics are here for one second. Yeah, 12 teams, three divisions of four teams. Okay. And we do playoffs. It's PPR. And, um, you know, you, there's one, one quarterback, uh, two running backs, three receivers, a flex, a defense, and a kicker, and I think six or seven uh, bench players. And now we have a uh, have a reserve. Uh, oh. This has been every rule change over the years has been it's a bunch of lawyers basically. So yeah. every rule change has been highly litigated. We've had commissioners <laughs> who last for eight or nine years and resign in a huff because of of all the hoo ha. Whenever we yeah. we need to make a change, uh, there's a trophy that's the same trophy for almost thirty years. There's a trophy presentation. Uh, it, it's very similar to to a lot of leagues out there. I think it's it sounds like it's very similar to a lot of leagues, except for the Mac that the fact that one of the people in the um, in the league actually has an office at the White House. So I mean, you know, like let's let's you know, like there is it is a slightly different league there, Mr. Second Gentleman. Um, okay, so uh, I appreciate that. By the way, I meant you mentioned you play with a kicker. I realize it's a highly litigated league there, but like. I'm a big band kicker saying, I don't know, as, as, as the administration is considering legislation throughout uh, the term, could you think about banning kickers in fantasy football? Could you just kind of slide that one in just in the middle of some bill somewhere, see if we could get that through? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because every year somebody will pick a kicker way too early and there's just lots of discussion about it. So I'm in the just get someone right at the end. That person's getting dropped no matter what, and we'll just pick someone right back up. So for me, um, you know, we have we have suck up. He's been pretty good, but as soon as the Bucks have a break, we'll we'll find someone else, plug them in, and keep rolling. There you go. Well, that is the way you you roll with kickers. You are obviously a very experienced manager. Uh, by the way, I should mention this. You don't want to brag, but I will. I looked at your team standings. Uh, you're four and zero. You're undefeated. 
Um, uh, you, you actually have a better record than your Giants, who are 3-1. and one. So it's been a good year uh, in your <laughs> household here. But I, I want to go back to something you said in your initial uh, answer here. You said the trash talk is epic. And so I'm curious about that because I would hate to be in a league with you because I would think it would be impossible to trash talk you because as somebody that has been in the political arena, right, and for, you know, for years and years and years, like what could be said to you that hasn't been said? There, there is nothing, there is no more worse discourse than political rhetoric on every side <laughs> of the aisle. So what could be said to you that you're like, you know, like that's nothing, you know, do you see what, like, I'm curious how somebody would possibly trash talk to you or your son. You know, there's nothing worse when you leave someone on your bench that scores 30 points yeah. and you lose, you lose that week. So it's really, it's the same typical fantasy stuff. Um, they know, they stay away from politics. I've, these are all people that I've known for 30 plus years. And, you know, I've known them through thick and thin. We work together. So they they kind of allow me this space to just do something that's, you know, kind of from my old life uh, and that's still pretty normal. And so it's 95 percent, you know, just same same old stuff, but football related. Well, and I bet that's one of the reasons why you love the league so much is because so much of your life these days is public and scrutinized in, in so many ways. And there's, there's so, many, so many demands on your time and your family's time and attention that it's probably very nice to have something that you do with your son. And that's with, you know, with guys that you've known for 30 years that, uh, you know, have known you since you were, you know, some dumb kid in college, you know, in law school. And, and so and they've seen you grow up in your career as you have them. And so there's probably a sense of normalcy to this fantasy league. It really is. And it, to, to do with my son, Cole, it, it's so I mean, it's just so special for dads out there. Uh, you know, you just want to be able to, to have that time with an MI now adult son. And now time, as you mentioned, Matthew, is at a premium. And there's so many demands, and sometimes it's just so hard to be able to, to see each other in person. So when we're able to pick our lineups and and watch the games together by FaceTime, and we're texting each other, you know, right down to the end. And we're this a couple of weeks ago, we we were in a game where if, if Debo had scored, he got stopped at the goal line, we might have lost and and not been undefeated. So to be able to just go through this. You know, every week pick our team. And then, of course, we're able to then, hey, now that I got you, let's talk about some other stuff. And it's just been an amazing thing to be able to have this league with these old friends of mine and then to do it with my son. It's just, as you said, it's just so special. I always love, I, I talk a lot about fantasy being a way that it keeps friends together, it brings families together, and so you're the living embodiment of that. I mean, my, my book was all about that as well. I play in a league with my family. I play in a league that's 30-plus years of all my buddies from college. So um, it's really, and, you know, we do a bunch of work leagues as well. It's, I, I'm in a bunch of leagues with my, old, uh, with my old colleagues at my old job as well, so it's been a way to keep in touch with them as I've, I've moved over here to NBC. So it's been, uh, it's, it is really a great connective issue and so it's uh connective tissue i should say and it's great to hear that um that's been your experience as well let's talk a little bit about this 4-0 team uh lamar jackson is your quarterback there um you have you have eckler and chubb um you went heavy on the ravens so you, you stacked jackson and mark andrews which i like um you also have devin duvernay on the bench as well like are you is this because Baltimore is close to where you're living these days or just just best player available and it's just how that worked out? Was that a strategy going in? or 
being here, I definitely have kind of adopted the Ravens, you know, as one of the teams I really like just being here in the area. Um, and we also, a couple last few years, our team did not do as well because we just did not have a great quarterback. So we were in that, let's just wait to the end and we'll pick someone that's fine and we'll, and it just didn't work. So we went for Lamar early. We went for Andrews early. Uh, I will say we had the number two pick and we took Eckler because we had CMC, I think two years in a row. And I don't think we, we wanted to go through whether he got hurt or not. So it was between Eckler and, and Henry and, you know, because of the LA connection and, and rooting for the chargers, we said, you know what, let's, let's take a shot. He he's been good. I think he's getting better. And uh, the Ravens defense um, has been a real surprise. I mean, they're, they're just getting after it. They're scoring points. So, and it's fun to watch because here um, there's Ravens games on every weekend. So I can just watch pretty much half my team uh, real time. And then uh, texting Cole because uh, he, he doesn't get those games. I mean, I, I sort of feel like, i got to be honest with you, I, I sort of feel like you, you probably could get more than just local TV. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on at the Naval Observatory, but like, I feel like, feel like you could probably send an email or something like that. They could probably figure out a way to get it into the vice president's house. I, I just, just something to think about there maybe for next week. Um, uh, Mr. Second Gentleman, uh, let's talk here a little bit. So it's interesting, like you, you, you're obviously a very experienced fantasy manager just listening to you talk. I'm just curious how it is who's doing the heavy lifting in terms of the research here. Do you like because I, I I'll be honest with you. So I, I uh, on on your personal Twitter I went through and I noticed you don't follow any fantasy analysts um, uh, or really a lot. You don't follow a lot of sports people either. It's it's you know obviously very political in terms of who you follow and also people from your life. And so my question was you know are you listening to podcasts? Are you reading? Is is Cole doing a lot of the heavy lifting? How do you research your draft and your weekly starting lineups? Yeah, all. Um, I don't have a lot of, um, as you said, it, tw- Twitter's not really where I find it. I, we, Cole does a lot. I do a lot. It's again, I'm busy doing doing this job. So the extent I have the time, but Cole, um, it's kind of an equal division of labor. And frankly, he's really stepped up and has done more because he knows I'm I'm busy and I'm traveling. But yeah, it's it's you. It's it's your podcast. It's the websites. It's um, you know, watching uh, some of the morning shows all throughout uh, the, the country. I like the local uh, broadcasters in the various uh, cities, so you can really hear what's going on with teams. And so I'm doing all of that, or I get up really early. I make a big pot of coffee, and I kind of get ready for my day, including but not limited to my fantasy team, and in addition, all the other stuff I have to do. And it's good because, again, it, it gets Cole and I – to have a conversation about it uh, during the week. And then we get in trade proposals. And now that we're, our team is doing great, you know, oh, you pick so-and-so, we, we need, so we're getting these ridiculous trade proposals, all of which were not fair to us. So we have turned them all down. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, which is awesome. And I always talk about that, that. That's one of the reasons why it's so great. I mean, my oldest son, who no longer, he's graduated college. He, he lives out of the house. But because we play fantasy, same, th- same thing as it sounds like with you and Cole, is it gives us an excuse to talk and connect every week and something to, you know, yeah. people always get busy. And so, but like we're forced to, we're forced to have conversations because we've got to figure yeah. out who are we making bids on? Who are we starting? And we've been, we, we got to consider this trade proposal, et cetera, et cetera, which is great. And now we're accountable to each other, too, because we're both – he's got his career going, yeah. I'm busy, and it's not like, hey, Dad, maybe the first year or two, he just 
you know, he was younger and was really relying on me to do it. And now it's, we're kind of accountable to each other on this and it's, it's really cool. And now we've got the vice president, uh, very interested in, Oh, you're talking to Cole about your family. Oh, that's so great. And, and so she's now, you know, piped in on the team and, um, Oh, you're foreign. Oh my God. So it's, it's kind of fun now, um, with her and she's a big football fan. She loves the Niners. Yep. Yep. So, um, it's, she's definitely into it. And, uh, so it's nice to have her involved too. Yeah, that's uh, no, no question. It becomes sort of a family affair, and that's one of the brilliant things about fantasy football. I'm curious because, so you mentioned the vice president. Obviously, Mr. Second Gentleman, you have been in so many interesting places, right? Whether it is the Senate, whether it is, you know, ceremonies for foreign dignitaries, whether it is the White House, right? You you know, the inauguration, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where's the weirdest place You've done something fantasy football related where whether Cole has texted you like about or we've, we've got we've to make a lineup change or suddenly somebody's, you know, randomly inactive and you've got to do so. So where's the weirdest place that somebody that you've had to do a fantasy football move uh, during your uh, during your career? You know, there's been many a time when it's it's during the week now that the games are during the week. If sure. I'm doing something on a Thursday and with our time difference, I may be at a some event where I have to say, oh, excuse me, I need to take a break. I need to do this important phone call. And it's like, Cole, change the lineup. <laughs> right. Because I'm, I'm at a reception for so-and-so. So I've done it. I've been on planes where I didn't have reception, where I'm starting to look around. Uh, I've, been, I've been in overseas. I've been all over the world, uh, all over the place. And you still, you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to each other, but also to the league because there's sure. nothing that annoys our league more than if you don't make a change and someone else can win. And that's like this competitive advantage. And we take that very seriously. So even if I'm three and nine and I'm, it's, the, it's, it's over, you better have that lineup set. And so I, we take it very seriously. A thousand percent, by the way. You play with integrity, which I admire and appreciate. Have you ever, you mentioned planes, have you ever made a lineup move or even like a call to Cole on Air Force One or Air Force Two? Have you ever, have you ever done a, a fantasy <laughs> move specifically on Air Force One or Two? Uh, no comment. All right. All right. Gonna, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, is there? I want to. I want to dive into this a little bit more. Just um, uh, you know, because you have you're, you're such a uh, such a unique fantasy manager given um, given your job here. I would assume that uh, once the election happened, um, that or maybe even before, right? Once um, Ms. Harris was named the vice presidential nominee, my expectation is is that you guys go through insane security clearances. That, that, that there's all sorts of you know. I've never been in a situation like that, but my my assumption is is that. Anyone that's running for, you know, the highest political office goes through unbelievable security checks and balances, everything like that. And so they're going through your phones and your emails and everything like that. And like, do you have to then put and say, and and they're like, uh, what is this? And you're like, that's, that's my dumb fantasy league (laughs) trash talk. Did you, did you have to explain like, I'm, I'm sorry, we're, we're, we're haggling over a second string tight end. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, like you have to. So it, it, a lot of that, you know, there is a lot of scrutiny and, and you, you basically realize you go from a private life and a private person to a public life and a public person, including your fantasy team. And so it, I think there was probably more of a discussion. Hey, I'm I'm still doing this like this gets grandfathered in uh, this. This league has been 30 years. These are my buddies. And um, 
yeah, you know, this is going to still happen kind of thing. And um, but it's um, yeah, it to, it's really again with all the things you're discuss you're talking about how your life changes, and and a lot of it's great. I mean, it's pretty amazing experience. But to be able to have this, the same thing, same group of guys with now the kids in for all these years, um, and it's the same. And that's what is so great about it. Last question for me. You guys are 4-0. What's your team name real quickly? Nirvana. All right. There you go. There you go. Named um, after the band. I was sure. a big fan of Nirvana back in the early 90s. And uh, I changed my team name from whatever to Nirvana in 93, I guess. And 30 years later, it's still my team name. I love it. Maybe make the the avatar of the little baby swimming um, uh, uh, fr- from the album cover. But here's my question. So uh, your team Nirvana, uh, you guys are 4-0. You're undefeated. You've got, you know, you've got Eckler. You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got Nick Chubb. You've got Mark Andrews. You've got a really strong team. If this team ends up taking the title and bringing home, bringing home the trophy uh, for you and your son, Cole, you know how, like, uh, the White House will always host, like, the Super Bowl champion and the World Series champion? And, you know, will you host your fantasy team at the White House for a trophy celebration? Will you, like, you know, like Lamar Jackson and, like, Austin Eckler suddenly and Devin Duvernay suddenly get, you know, uh, Ryan Suckup get, uh, get invites to the White House and you just you present them with, like, you know, trophies from Team Nirvana? Will you do that? Will you consider that? That'd be awesome. I, I actually invited the the team. So we do this trophy presentation. It's been on Zoom the last couple of years, but I promised that the owners of the league that if I won this trophy, somehow, some way, made it all the way through, I was going to invite them to the White House, and we do this trophy celebration here in D.C. Now, if we can add some of the stars from my team, uh, that would be amazing. So. Yeah, I, I don't know who's turning down a, uh, a trip to the White House as well. I mean, listen, I'll, uh, I'll come and present the trophy to you if you want. Like, you know, you listen. It. That's a they, deal. Fantastic. <laughs> well, listen, Mr. Second Gentleman, this is absolutely a pleasure. Uh, so thank you so much for, uh, for being a, uh, an advocate, a public advocate for fantasy football. The more people, the more prominent people that are talking about how great this game is and how it brings families together, the better. So uh, appreciate your time and... Best of luck to you and Cole the rest of the season. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, We're all big fans and keep doing what you're doing. You're, You're doing great. Thank you so much. The NFL season is here, and the NBC Sports Predictor app is giving you a shot at winning $100,000 by entering Sunday Night 7's free contest between the Cowboys and the Eagles. So if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it right now. $550,000 have been handed out so far with 25,000 winners. That sounds like a lot of money and a lot of winners here on the show. And Jay, speaking of winners... For this game on Sunday, Eagles and Cowboys, more receiving yards, CeeDee Lamb or A.J. Brown? Give me A.J. Brown, Julie. I think this is actually kind of an easy one. He's averaging significantly more yards, 87 per game to CeeDee's uh, 68. And I just trust Darius Slay more than I trust Trayvon Trickletreat Diggs. I think Diggs has <laughs> actually been better than he was last season. He's not getting the same picks. He's more solid. But uh, I just think I like the Eagle in this matchup. Also, I like the Eagles minus five. They're only I, minus I, five. They're, uh, which is weird. I mean, Cooper Rush has been fine, but he's just like... He hasn't you know, had to unleash the full yes. Cooper Rush yet. No. Uh, the Rams so were minus five and a half to the Cowboys, so why are the Eagles only minus five? Makes no sense to me. Math. Okay. And Matthew, Jalen Hurts, total yards? 
Yeah, I'm going to go over 340. It's the widest range of outcomes. He's also, by the way, that's total yards. It's passing and rushing. Uh, so he's gone over that number in three out of five games this year. He's had over 50 yards in three out of five games this year. You think about the last two games against the Cowboys, right? Last year, 361 total yards. 2020, played, he got, had 411 total yards. So I'm taking over 340 yards. That's the selection I'm going to make here. Exactly. I mean, listen, the Cowboys defense is good. I get it. But... They're on the road, Sunday night football, undefeated Eagles. I'm in on the Eagles this week, all in. Yeah, is this also the- worth noting, by the way, fantasy football pregame will oh, be yeah, there Sunday guys. live as part, of the, as part of the Fan Fest. We'll be out there at the park. So anyway, come check us out Sunday morning live. You can be part of the crowd, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock Eastern. What's the name of the park, guys? It's a Trickle Park or something uh, like that? Throwing it out to the Go to Trickle now. Park, everybody. Dilworth <laughs> Park is what I'm being told. Dilworth so Park. I, and yes. also I heard you're going to be talking a little soccer. Yeah, we'll be talking a little bit of soccer. I'll be listening a little soccer, <laughs> not really talking soccer uh, as well. So, But anyway, yeah, come on out. If you're in the Philadelphia area, come on out on Sunday to uh, Dilworth, right? Do I have that right? <laughs> Maybe. Minus 140. Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with Philadelphia. I'm looking forward to getting familiar with it. 11 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, well, you got to get your cheesesteaks. All right. So, um, <laughs> I will. Thanks, Julie. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Julie. <laughs> thanks yeah. for that addition. Uh, yeah, here thanks. On the show. Thanks. Exactly right. By the way, it is comments like that that get uh, our own Julie Stewart Binks the game changing on air talent award oh. at the Women in Media Award ceremony <laughs> last night. Nice job. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. I'm not really I would have worn the trophy here around your neck you like Flavor Flav. <laughs> like was, just, and this like made us brick. notice it. It was a brick, but I should have just brought it, right? Just something like that. You don't have to Thank go home, back, but you can't stay here. We're back tomorrow. Peace out. <laughs>